Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the MVM Show. I'm Titus, and I'm flying solo today because I have some things I need to tell you guys. Big lessons learned this season. Sometimes when you think you have it all figured out, you realize you're not even close. And not that I ever thought that I had it all figured out with uh, training because I'm such a novice trainer. But... uh I thought kind of Rocky was set, and I know you should do off-season training. I knew that was an important thing, but I guess I didn't know it was as important um, as it really is. So I just want to share with you guys um, to never skip off-season duck dog training. If you have a duck dog, no matter what level they are, do not skip off-season training. Rocky turned four November 7th. Um, so he's basically, let's see, December, January, February, more, he's almost four and a half years old right now and he's done nothing but advance from day one. And that's the fun thing about training a dog is that you see so much growth every single time you go out to train, every time you go out to the field, but basically not that there wasn't a lot more that Rocky could learn. There's other things that I just feel like I didn't want to go that far with him, um, I just didn't, and and it, I don't know why. I guess my life's a little too busy in the off season more than it should be, which I spend a lot of time working. But there's a lot of things I would like to do, and I'm going to do this uh, prep for this season that I didn't do last, but I did do the years prior. That's what I'm kind of frustrated with myself now. That being said, I'm not going to try to give myself too much excuse because bottom line, 
you got to put in the work and I always have, but this last year I worked, I don't remember what it was. I don't know, 80 or 90 days. I did have one day off in there, but I, I worked those straight, which that's no props. I'm not saying that for any reason other than I was gone and I didn't have time to do it. But that being said, once duck season start, I did have time and I didn't take the time just because duck season's going doesn't mean you can't do your off seat or your seat, your training, you know, even if it's just the common stuff, I mean, I don't feel like I can work on enough of steadiness. Can your dog ever be too steady? No way. There's no way. Um, I want to be able to be 100 yards from Rocky. And let's say if we were in the timber, he's 100 yards over there on a tree. On a stand next to the tree, he should not budge just because he's not next to me. He thinks he can go whenever he wants. He should not go until I tell him to. And getting into this um, little maybe 20, 30-minute podcast that I want to kind of use to remind myself, but also to put out there for you guys that listen for the dog training, because I always get messages a lot like, hey, do some more dog training episodes. And I'm going to have some more guests on. We've been, as you guys noticed, I told you we were going to have guests on, and we've been really hammering down on that, reaching out to people, and people have been so gracious to come on. And what I need to do and want to do and the plan on doing, I'm going to get Chris Aiken back on here and I'm making my notes as I go. Uh, Chris Aiken's going to come back on. And guys, help me out. With questions that you guys have, um, go on Instagram. It, let's put it this way. If you're on Instagram and you follow us on there, Mid Valley Mercenaries, or Facebook, I'd rather get the messages there than clogging up my email. But if that's the only, you don't not on social media, then feel free to email me at thenvmshowpodcast at gmail.com or you can even um, go in on our YouTube channel for this podcast and that's even a really good way to do it too. I'd really like to see it there. So anyways, questions you want to ask these dog trainers and uh, I think I've covered a lot of stuff that's easy that beginners are asking but there's some advanced stuff. Actually, well, I'll get into that in a second. But anyways, ask the questions on there if you want for these these guys. I'm going to have Chris Aiken on. I'm also going to have on um, our guy, Barton Ramsey. I'm going to try to get him on. I'm sure he'll come on. I've never met him personally, but I don't think – I think he seems like a pretty good guy. I would be definitely willing to come on. Um, there was one other – I don't even know if that uh, – Dokin, he might be interested too. So anyways – for those of you that are into the duck dog thing, and by the way, if you don't have one and you're listening to this, I promise you, you will never regret buying a duck dog. It's a little, it's a little work and commitment, but it's not as bad as you think. I promise you, because that was what held me back. I'm like, I don't want to deal with the puppy, which everybody loves a puppy, but there is a big mess to clean up and stuff. You got to deal with that all the time. But once they're trained, you know that's not that big of a deal as far as. I guess like potty trained, house trained, um, going in the kennels, all this kind of stuff, whatever. But I'm talking about it doesn't take but five to ten minutes a day to train a duck duck. I, I promise you. I'm not exaggerating that. I'm just not making that easy because I've done it. If you watch any of those series of videos I've did, you will see that I've said that. And, and in fact, it's almost worse when you spend too much time. The dog starts going a little bit backwards, gets tired, bored, whatever it is. So anyways... Very, very doable. I promise you for the average guy, look at I'm a prime example. But 
let's go into this real quick, and that is breaking. So the things that the reason I'm saying never skip off season duck dog training is because I'm learning this myself. Rocky broke several times this year, and I'm not not cutting him slack because dogs are not perfect, just like us humans aren't, and there might be times that they. In a certain situation, I've noticed, and really where this is happening is in specific situations. Maybe like I'm a long ways away from him or he doesn't have, the biggest thing was is he didn't have a stand. And what I mean by that is a place, a place where he needs to be like a duck dog, like a stand, a dog stand or a dog kennel box or whatever, just anything specifically he knows he's supposed to be on. And that kind of happened a couple times throughout the years, the past couple years, when we would go other places where he's just on the ground and he's just kind of wanting to creep up or look. But regardless, there's no exception for it, none. And it all comes back to me. It's not him. If I would worked hard on that in the off season, that would not have happened because two seasons ago I did, and he was steady like a rock except a couple times. And again, that was because he wasn't on a stand. And that's, again, that's not really him necessarily. It can be stubbornness. But the bigger part is I didn't train for that scenario. And that's one thing I am going to do this offseason is train when there is no specific place for him to stand or sit. No, I don't want no creeping. I don't want none of this moving or shifting. And he's to stay where he's at. But what really kicked the light switch on for me this year that I realized, man, I I just really blew it. And it's almost kind of too late for this season. I mean, it kind of is, but it isn't. But, and that was, he started breaking off his stand. He broke like three times, four times throughout the season off his dog stand. And he's never done that. Like he's never done that. And boy, you talk about infuriating you because he knows better. But if I would have been staying fresh on him in the off season, I guarantee you that would not have happened. And I'm going to roll into something else mixed with this. That's a big part. And some of you out there probably aren't believers in e-callers. Most, I think, are. And it has nothing to do with being lazy and trained. It has nothing to do with a punishment. It is a tool. Chris Aiken says it multiple times. The guy has Grandmaster Champion out the wazoo for the uh, ribbons. That is, like, rare. I mean, there are not a lot of guys that have multiple, multiple, multiple Grand Champions and he said, it's like the difference between driving a Pinto and a Lamborghini. It's, it's, that's as far as your dog goes in, and as far as control and sharpness and quickness and reaction time, that's what that does. It's not really to punish your dog. And besides that, when it is, a lot of times I only have to use the beep thing, but like when I do the nick, and he calls it a nick because it feels like a nick. Take your fingernail and go across the, your palm of your hand a quick, real quick. That's what the low setting on an e-collar feels like. I've put it on my hands, and it's it doesn't hurt. It, it lets you know it's there. You feel that little electricity, but it does not hurt. But for them on their neck, they know like, oh, whether I say sit, you need to sit right now. you know. And you can train. The, I know you can train those things without that. There's also a little heel stick um, that I, I don't know if I lost that or not, but you would tap them on the backside. They went, like you say, sit, they should sit instantly. They're not tap, tap right on their rear. They should sit down real quick. So there's other tools to do these things. But anyways, it's like power steering, you know, it just makes things quicker, snappier, better. 
And that guy like Chris Aiken, that's what he's looking for when he's entering those those competitions. So, and I'm telling you what, if I I don't care just about competitions, I want him like that in the field too. So what hap- where I'm going with that is is my e collar finally after four years went out. Um, the the remote on it's a sport dog brand. I'll buy the same brand again for sure. It's not them. It's just rough and tumble being in the bags. That the um the switch broke from getting smashed in one of my blind bags. And then it started not working properly and some buttons would cause it to beep when it's supposed to cause it to nick the dog. It just, it basically went south. So basically I didn't have any collar. I would still put on Rocky for the mindset somewhat, but he'd still listen to me just as good. It's just like, it's basically like a protection mode. You know, sometimes if you've had a dog and there ain't no dog owner, I don't care what you tell me, if you've had a dog, when they get in their zone, they are out of it. Whether it's going and peeing in people's yards, um, they just it's almost like they don't even hear you. Stuff like that. That an e collar really buttons that kind of stuff up. And I've seen guys training that won't use e collars that I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, man, I get it. You want to be nice to your dog, you think it's being mean. It's not, but that's what you think. That's fine. But I still watch them chasing their dog or seeing their dog not listen to him. And I'm just like, man, I you're just making your life harder. But that, that's it's all personal preference. But Rocky began to break, not because of the e-collar thing, but because I didn't do off-season training. Where the e-collar comes in with this is the quick reactionary discipline because sometimes it can be used as a discipline or a reminder like, hey, you are not listening. And he, I went to go, I shot, how'd that work? <clears throat> I shot at a till. I was actually solo hunting. It was me and Rocky. I shot a till and I was standing in front of Rocky probably five steps. And when I shot, I just heard, <sighs> he jumped in the water off his dog stand and started running. I didn't even hit the thing. And... Uh, I obviously caught him before he got past me too far, but I, I got onto him, gave him an ear pinch, got him back to the stand, and then he did it again the second time. He had no e-collar, it wasn't working. And if you want to know how I would correct that, um, in that situation, because I was still hunting, it's a little bit more tricky, but what I would have to do is... I'd have to have my hand basically ready on the e-collar because I was saying no, and I'd have to stand right next to him. It's kind of hard when I'm by myself. Let me give you this illustration. If I was with another guy, I would put my gun down, and I would be right beside him. I wouldn't hold him. I wouldn't say nothing to him. I probably wouldn't even try to look at him, but I would have my thumb on the e-collar, okay, low setting, nothing high, nothing crazy. Not trying to hurt him. And when the buddy shot his gun and he even thought about flinching off that dog stand, I would say no and then hit the e-collar right after I say no. You got You can't hit the e-collar and then say no. You're messing with the dog's brain. But say no, boom, and bump them together quick. And you can't do that and you can't fix that kind of stuff without putting the gun down. It's just... That has got to get squashed right away, and it's like oh, I'm so mad at myself for not working in that, working on that in the off season, and really being lazy about getting another e collar. 
And by the way, I have the 825. I would suggest, unless you're some big dog trainer, um, I would get the, let me see if it's the 1425 or 425. Hold on, let me look real quick. I'm looking on Amazon. I believe it's the 425 because the other one that I have, the 825 or whatever it is, has too many channels. It's for like a trainer basically. Okay, I will say the difference. So the 425, they have a 425X, which is really cool. Let me see here what the difference is because that's a newer one. That's only been out like a year or two if I remember right. Um, hmm. See, now that's the 825. Why is that cheaper? So, I remember I was actually at the uh, Sportsman's, the SEI Expo in Sacramento, California when this came out. And I think it was in the 250s. It's actually come down quite a bit. But, man, that's probably been three years ago. Let me look and see. I should order this right now. It's 180 bucks. Let's see. What this does, it does. It has a 500-yard range. And you'll think, ah, well, I'll never need over that. Well, the other one has, I can't remember if it's a one-mile or two-mile. <clears throat> but when Rocky was really young, I lost him, believe it or not. He, we turned, it was at, it was in, in the early morning when it was dark. He took off thinking we were going another way. I didn't even let him get that far ahead. And somehow we all got mixed up and I didn't realize it till later. And I end up uh, only finding him because of that e-call, really. Um, but anyways, this one, so the 425X, it's the Sport Dog 425X. It's electronic dog training collar with remote for small dogs to large dogs. 500-yard range. Has vibration, tone, which I like. Up to 21 stimulation levels. It's waterproof, rechargeable, and it comes with a Pets TAK towel. So, anyways, that's the one I'm going to rebuy. <clears throat> Simple. It doesn't have all these channels and can't get messed up because the one I had, I think it's, let me put it in see, the A25, the difference. The A25 has multiple channels, and it, it you might can mess up the settings. See, it's not even that much more. Okay, so this is saying... If I'm on the right one here. Yes. 825. So I guess it is it is a it's only a half a mile. Huh. I thought it was farther than that. So it's half a mile range. Uh waterproof, collar with static, vibrate, and tone, and then it has a three dog expandability. So you can run three dogs off this one. That's what I'm saying. There, there's things that could get messed up on that. So, anyways, I'm gonna get that one. If you're looking for a knee collar sport dogs, really good brand. I've actually met the guys <clears throat> that run sport dogs. They're really cool guys, and they've they've actually hooked me up before in the past. I just don't talk too much, but probably should. I actually want to get them on a podcast too. So I'm gonna write that write them down. Can't remember the guy's name now, but I have his number in my phone, and uh, he's a super cool, dude. He's actually, you'll see him in a lot of pictures of the Sport Dog brand. But uh, anyways, yeah, so e-collar, kind of, I, I think I felt like I covered enough of that. The braking thing, that's word off-season training. I want my dog, Rocky, and he has been so many times like a rock. I don't, I don't want creeping. I don't want jumping off. I don't want moving if he's on the ground and we're hunting some other, somewhere else that don't, I don't use a dog stand. I don't want to move him. He is not going to move. I'm telling you right now, I will I will stop that. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot, 
but when you put that much work and effort into it and they do that three or four times, there is nothing more frustrating when a dog breaks. I'm telling you, I just don't get how people handle their dogs doing that. Now, that being said, I do know there's people that hunt rivers and hunting the snake this year did make me realize like, man, you know, maybe, I don't know. I just, that situation, I can totally understand that. I just still don't think that you have to let them break though. I think as soon as you shoot them and they're going to fall, you can call them and send them. I just don't think, and sorry, this is how I feel. I feel like it's kind of a lazy thing. Like, oh, I, I, I'm, I let my dogs do that because I hunt the river. I, I get that. I do. Honestly, I do. But I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. I shouldn't even say laziness. I, I guess I'm sitting here trying to play that in my mind and be fair to both sides of it. But I guess, you know, if that is literally all you hunt, you hunt the river, you don't go anywhere else, you don't hunt with other people. But really, it's the thing is, I'll tell you this when a dog, as soon as that gun's fired and the dog goes in the water, which is most of those guys that do kind of have that style or let their dogs do that doesn't mean that you shot the bird and hit the bird and there's anything even going down. So now you got a dog swimming out there for nothing, okay? Then let's say if you do hit them and they hit the water, now they're wounded in the river and they're swimming away. Your dog, if they don't listen to you, you can't get them back. They're chasing after a bird. You can't shoot at it because the dog's in the water and then it's getting away. If that dog has any drive like most do, then it's going to keep swimming. It could end up drowning itself. So I just, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't really, I'm trying to be fair, but I just don't see the situation where that could, but anyways, you can comment below. You guys are always, there's someone that usually comments something, but anyways, so that covers breaking e-collar that I've faced this year and how I'm going to resolve it and how you can resolve it too. Uh, whining. Rocky did start doing something weird this year. We had a little bit of a close call. Um <laughs> I need to have talent here for this, actually, and Harrison. I need to get them over there, but I'll just touch on it real quick. Rocky ooh, had a very close call in the river this year with possible. It could have turned out bad. Let's put it that way. And I'm not going to give all the details. I'd let Talon explain that himself. Um, But Rocky was not by me. He was with Talon, and the water was moving pretty fast. And the, and the reason I'm telling this Part of the story, I'll, I'll leave you hanging on most of it, is because he was not by me. And that's another situation you don't really think or train for. So he, you know, he ended up getting sent after a bird that maybe wasn't quite, it was just too late to send him. And anyways, um, so I have heard this. I have heard dogs get very, they change kind of when they have, I guess you'd call it like near-death experience. Um, and he started whining. He started being super, um, and I never felt like he was like this, but this year he started being very clingy to me and got to be right on top of me, got to be right next to me, got to be in my face. It's like, dude, give me some space. What is your problem? And look, once I heard that, because I've never heard that before, but then I heard that about dogs' traumatic events happen it causes them to be a little bit more whiny and clingy all the stuff i thought dude that i wonder if that that literally he really wasn't like that until then so that had to be what that was and man that really bugs me too because it's like uh i can't handle a whining dog and 
he doesn't whine when we're hunting. He doesn't whine when I'm we're all together or if someone else is with him. But when I tell him to sit and I'm going to walk off and look for something or go around the corner, I won't get, I don't know, maybe 20 yards from him, 30 yards, and he starts this stupid whine thing. And it's like, what are you doing? I've never, you've never done that. Why the older you getting? I feel like you're going backwards, dude. But again, I it had to have been it had to have been because of that deal. And I don't know if that was maybe he'll kind of forget about the season and stop doing that. Like I said, he's not doing it when we're hunting, which that would I would break that. I can tell you right now, I I can't handle that. But like walking away, getting away from he I don't know. It's weird. He does that when we're in the field. He does not do it when we're in the truck. And he's, you know, I say I go in the store and he's left and he don't do it then. He just does it when we're out hunting because he wants, I get it. He wants to go with me. He wants to hunt and whatever. But so I'm going to work on that however I can work on that. I think what I could do is if, let's say when I go train, like when I train, do steadiness training, I'll, one of the ways is I'll have a bumper and I'll be swinging around my arms, getting his attention, telling him to sit and walk like 30 yards away, kill, still swing it, throw it. And do not let, he cannot go after it. Throw it and then sit, walk over there, pick it up, throw it across him. I mean, you're almost torturing him and tempting him to break. But until you say go, that's when he's not supposed to go till then. And I'm thinking the steadiness training, the sit training, like where you say sit and then you walk off, even if it's 500 yards, he should not budge. And that's where an e-collar is an extension of my power or my arm it's like an extension of my arm because if i'm 500 yards away and he finally decides i can't take it anymore i gotta go to dad and he takes off running i can hit that e-collar and say no and then hit the e-collar because i'll have to yell if he's that far away but that's all part of that training and um that's another thing i'm gonna work on been making all these notes as a dog trainer you gotta put the notes down you know Just write them down say this is what we got to work on this is what i got to do you know fix these things um and last but not least i told you it wasn't gonna be long so i'll keep my word um a new series is coming out i don't know if i've told you guys this yet i'm super excited for it um rocky has bred with this female for the second time it's my friend's black lab female female black lab it's her second litter with rocky it's her second litter ever, and it's her second litter with Rocky. And Nathaniel, Jake's son, he's been on the videos. He's been on the podcast. He's 16, and he saved, worked hard all summer, saved up because, you know, labs aren't cheap. I, it's not my female. My friend sold him. So it, well, he's spending quite a bit of money on this dog, and I'm excited because we are going to be doing a video series slash document, documentary slash training series. So I'm going to – Nathaniel's going to do the training – I'm going to stay back and just give them pointers when I can. So we're going to be, honestly, we're going to be together a lot, quite a bit, to be honest with you, with Nathaniel. And her name is, it's a female. Her name's Kelly. She's a black lab. Beautiful little pup. And I think she is, let me see how old she is now. She was born December 23rd. So let's see. I, I want to say 11 weeks, almost 11 weeks. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, no, 10. One, oh, huh? I thought she was. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I guess it'd be 10 weeks on in a couple days. So um <clears throat> been over there every week taking pictures, taking videos. I was like, man, I wish I would have had all this, uh, you know, when Rocky was coming up. I never, I don't feel like I did take enough video. But anyways, we've been doing that. Um, I'm going to wait till I have probably four or five parts of it till I start releasing it. And then I will I'll release it once a week. And I'm really excited about it because there's a lot of questions that people had or things that I didn't know that I know now that it's going to make it better and I can answer a lot more questions better and I can help Nathaniel do better and her be a better dog. Like every dog you train, they say it's going to be better, right? Because you've learned, you've been there, you've done that. You know what to do, what not to do, all that good stuff. And I really want to try to help share that. And I think it's really cool. Like if I was just somebody that wasn't even my dog or I knew the people, I would love to watch this series because that's cool. You're going to see this puppy from basically newborn and that's what the video starts out her newborn and it's going to go all the way till her first duck hunt so i really i really can't wait i think she's going to do great i think nathaniel's going to do a good job i think jake and all them they're all serious about it they're serious duck hunters and it's going to be exciting to see how this all turns out so stay tuned for that i'll let you guys know when it releases those of you that listen to the podcast and you can go on the youtube channel mid valley mercenaries and check it out once it finally releases um, believe it or not, got a few videos coming out. I got uh, a making some duck pepper sticks video coming out. And also, what else did I have coming out? There's another one I feel like I had coming out. I can't think of it right now. Oh, anyways. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, do me a favor. Don't forget to uh, rate and review this podcast. We're we're on Spotify. We're on um you know, all these Apple podcasts, all this stuff. So if you can, if you list on there, if you can go list, uh, you know, give us a rating and review if you haven't done that already or even do it now. Spotify lets you rate the podcast. So that's kind of cool. So, and then if you're listening on the YouTube channel or watching, give it a thumbs up, subscribe guys. I'm trying to get to that thousand still. You guys have helped. I think we started out before season at like 300 or something like that subscribers. And now we're like 742 or something like that. So, once we get to a thousand and I'm keeping trying to get two a week out to you guys. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Thanks for all your support and your loyalty to this podcast and always uh, an encouragement. I appreciate you guys and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>